We're back with another edition of the Federalist Radio Hour. I'm Emily Drashensky, culture editor here at The Federalist. As always, you can email the show at radio at thefederalist.com. Follow us on Twitter at FDRLST. Make sure to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts as well. Today, I'm joined by Christopher Bedford, senior editor at The Federalist. Chris, welcome back. Lucky you. <laughs> yes, it is. It is my lucky day. Um, so, Christopher... John Daniel Davidson, our colleague, wrote a piece I found very interesting because it, ha- it wasn't something that I really thought about before, but um, he wrote about Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, um, which I think Ben referred to in the transom today as Prime Minister Cinnamon Latte. <laughs> Ben's transom descriptions over the last three days of different uh, of this week of just different characters have been have been poetry. Like the real poetry. He yeah. is struck. I'm not sure what, what he's smoking. Or what he's drinking, but he's at that stage of artistry where it's like this is <laughs> this is really impressive. I'm, I'm worried he's going to cut off his ear any day now. Magic is it's imminent. Um, but so Prime Minister Cinnamon 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 Latte um, John connected the sort of Obama era American global citizen approach to world governance. And he wrote about how America and the Biden administration has a vested interest in Prime Minister Cinnamon Latte succeeding um, for a couple of reasons. One, because they sort of said Trudeau is one of our guys in the Obama era. Look at they looked at him as sort of a similar neoliberal savior type figure. Gosh, um, he has been around that long, hasn't he? Yeah. So, he, but he's got that perfect sort of blend of being a cultural leftist. So, like radically cultural left on all of these issues to the point where he called a, a Jewish member of parliament in Canada yesterday a Nazi basically he said like you can take the side of Nazis um, but we're standing up for people who want to get back to work um, as though everybody else doesn't want to get back to work and as though he isn't the one about who, getting back to work yeah he's the one that has put people uh, in that position in the first place so anyway um, it, because of he, Biden wants Trudeau to send that message so that it doesn't migrate to the United States or so that when it does migrate to the United States, he has precedent and sort of the playbook um, to, to squelch it. But also Trudeau really is in a sense. He, he's that example of somebody who's sort of moderate on economics and radical on cultural issues. And that is the way, right? That is the way that the Obama types and the um, neoliberal sort of democratic establishment sees uh, the world being governed going forward. I think that I think that fits. Maybe less with the Obama types, who I mean, they they remade the American economy with Obamacare. Yeah, but definitely but they, with the Bloomberg types. But and... they also will. They, they hate some of Bernie's proposals, right? So like they're far. They've moved far left on economic issues Bernie's as well. Bernie's ten years ahead of them. Exactly. Exactly. They're gonna get there. They will. Just incrementally. They just have to figure out how to profit off of Medicare for all, and then they will be in favor of it. Yeah, they're they're the Wall Street types. They're the the Democratic establishment that takes over the funds of Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter can't manage its own finances. They're the... Which just happened. Yeah, it just happened. Mark Uh, Elias has come in in the leadership vacuum of BLM. This was all reported out by the examiner, and we had Andrew Kerr on the podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about... He's a brilliant reporter. he He was on the podcast talking about his reporting, and that is exactly what happened after his reporting showed that there's basically no transparency and nobody that we know of in charge of this vast sum of money at BLM, Mark Elias, they reported yesterday, is taking over. And then these are also Democrats who you've got with the Brian Flores uh, NFL suit, where there's a Democrat representing uh, the coach suing the NFL, and then there's a Democratic uh, Democrat, Loretta Lynch, I think, Mm -hmm. representing the NFL Mm -hmm. against him. 
this is like the modern democratic party. They want to take all sides of, of the, of the rich people and the powerful people and the race issues, but they really are on all sides. And the problem with people like Bernie Sanders and the problem with the trucker protest is it upsets wall street. Yep. And it's like, they're, they're just, they're through and through all of these parties, despite being left wing, which I think we would traditionally associate with the working classes are very anti-working class. Mm-hmm. It's a really weird new, like cinnamon latte, I think is a good name for it because it's a new, First world, hyper modern oligarch leftism, which is yes. at the end of the day, I guess if you just pull back the veneer of, of of what they say on the stump and what they actually do, is like a lot closer to the decadence of like later stages Rome or later stages France before the uh, before the revolution there, where they just have a decadent, extremely sexually immoral, strange group of people who are obsessed with their own prowess and uh but have completely betrayed the working class can you keep pulling at the that thread the rome thread because when we talk about um i, I just got off a podcast with john Andrazik uh, of five for fighting who's doing a lot of work with afghanistan and he's uh with people who were sort of abandoned in afghanistan and the efforts to rescue a lot of people in afghanistan and he was, he was talking about how, you know, you can have the this outlook and be utterly exhausted with America's sort of geopolitical footprint around the globe and also realize that our promises on the world stage actually do matter. They are a reflection of our health as a country um, and of, of our sort of moral health as a country. And the Roman example is an interesting one because your internal divisions make you more vulnerable um, to other superpowers that creep towards you. Yeah, they do. I mean, Pax Romana was a, was a, was the world peace before we had um, the Pax Americana, which doesn't really exist anymore. But the idea that you couldn't, I mean, Reading through the Acts of the Apostles uh, is a great example of how serious Pax Romana was, where the soldiers could arrest a disciple and beat him and bring him forward, and the governor realizes this guy's a Roman citizen, and he is quaking in fear. He could disappear, uh, Paul, but he knows he, he actually cannot, and then he just is transferred from governor to governor. He's playing him like a hot potato because they're so <laughs> terrified that one thing, like a hair should be harmed on his head because he's a Roman. Uh that was an empire that still projected strength, and there's still an empire that was, you know, my history's not perfect on the Romans. I'm positive. <laughs> there, there are listeners sitting here read, listening to me like, Beth, what are you talking about? So I will read your letters out loud in shame. Chris, later. they're always thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> I better stick to the 30 years' work. But the, I swear, we have gotten through like three months without you mentioning the 30 years' work. Can we finish the book? But later stages of Rome and, and stages we're in in America and the stages that we they saw with, with, with France and the stages you see with a lot of different empires, they collapse into decadence. And I, I, I mean, I really do think that, well, I think a lot of this, a lot, a lot of the stuff that we're going through, they keep on claiming love is love and freedom is freedom and do whatever you want and stuff. But at, at the end of the day, it's just nice philosophical tagline. It's nice taglines to describe decadence. Have you been following the Great Reset um, narrative that's being peddled by people like Klaus Schwab and the Davos set? Yeah, I mean, I was asked earlier today if this was a conspiracy theory. Like, what do people think about this? What are you talking about? Is a conspiracy theory? This is not something that I that's like on WorldNet Daily. Mm-hmm. This is something that is at Davos. Yep. The world leaders are openly speaking about this. It's actually kind of great. The um, Whether it's Trudeau now or the squad here in D.C. or Davos, like back in the day, Barack Obama would read a Reagan book and 
dismantle the American economy while, while using the words of Ronald Reagan. Yes. Nowadays, the left's like, destroy the police force, one world government. You have no right to think this. You have no right to be in this public space. It's they're so honest. And I think like, no, kids have to wear masks. Kids come kids come second. Teachers come first. They're being so honest. And it's really waking people up all across all across the board, the apolitical, the left wing, uh, the right wing, for sure. Obviously, parents, uh, truckers, People are waking up because you just, if I was trying to do a big, great global reset of the economy, I wouldn't tell anyone. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on a broadcast. I just do it. Whenever someone is like, what are you talking about? You crazy right wing conspiracy theorists. And if I never said the word great global reset, it would be like totally stuck on the pages of of like different right-wing blogs that people don't listen to. No, but they openly, but they're open. <laughs> yeah, they, they're like proud of it. And I think that's one of the most interesting things I, I was watching last night. There's this Netflix docuseries about sports scandals. And one of them was 2002, the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City. Um, the relationship between, uh, not the relationship, but the, 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 the Winter Olympics that saved Mitt Romney. Yes, those. Um, so the the Canadian figure skaters and the Russian figure skaters, there was this uh, alleged conspiracy basically to rig the games for Russia. And I was thinking um, and Americans came in like Rosie O'Donnell like took the side of the Canadians because they had been they had been robbed. And it was this whole uproar. And, and this they eventually before Rosie O'Donnell was a villain. Yes. When she was like a beloved character. Yes, of she was American a beloved family. character. Yes, exactly. And I was thinking as I have watched absolutely none of these Olympics, the Winter Olympics that are ongoing, I was thinking, what is the point of an Olympics when all of these elite Western powers want us to be one globe, right? Like, how can you justify rooting for the United States or for Canada when you're saying we all are part of the same like global right. family? Because it's only they a matter now- of time. Right. Well, Before yeah. the Olympics are called nationalist. But what's the point? It's, it's honestly, I was thinking about this. I was like, if you're Justin Trudeau, why are you, you know, in, in, in maybe this is more of a 10 to 20 years down the line thing, because that's their goal ultimately. And it, in a globalized, in a globalized technological society, those boundaries have been so blurred. And that's a goal is to sort of blur them further and further so that you can have this group of people that are obscenely wealthy and powerful um, manage the globe, right? Like micromanage the world. That's what they think they can do because they think they know best. Um, and that's what like Davos is anyway. <laughs> that's I mean, what the EU is. They're gripping tighter and tighter as, as things are slipping through their fingers. Uh, the, it's, it's not seemingly working. I mean, what's the Olympic watch? Uh, the Olympic viewership is down like 50% in the United States this year. Mm-hmm. I think it's something like it's, that. It's bad. I mean, it's kind of like doing the Olympics in China after the last two years of hell that they've unleashed and lies is basically like saying and, and like representing your country and flying your flag is like saying i love my wife but you know why don't you take a pass why don't you have a turn with her yeah it's completely insane and and the american people are catching on you look at europe you look at france where the elections are openly talking about the issues that the elites have been hoisting on the front of them in the election you look at england where the same thing has happened where they had brexit a few years ago you look at ottawa where the truckers are jamming the streets and and well, Trudeau's invoking emergency powers and the governor is all freaked out of Ottawa the uh, of the province the, uh, the both parties seem to be completely against this he's getting no support his government is collapsing in the fight against this Joe Biden's approval rating is like thirty something percent yeah the 
the European Union is flailing and incapable of protecting a country on its border with Russia. And I, I, I just don't think that this globalist project, I, I'm, so, I'm shocked that they're so open about it and so into it and so flagrant because the entire globe is reacting negatively against it. Right, but they. This is why. This is why they are so convinced of their own moral superiority, and it's because they dismiss back to the truckers them as people who are just swastika flying toothless rubes, and that's and that's <laughs> We're exactly the Nazis it. governance. But that's exactly what it is, right? So, like, that's why they don't feel compelled to, like, they dismiss all of the populist uprisings, and they've done so explicitly. And Justin Trudeau was just doing this this week. They are so, their minds are so closed to populist uprisings because they have all of these political theorists who will substantiate their idea that populism, elite political theorists who will substantiate their ideas that populism is um, reactionary in a pejorative sense and it is entirely motivated by bigotry we saw this with the trump phenomenon it was at first people were like oh let's think about this and they're like maybe we were wrong yeah it was about two weeks before they got their talking points the democratic party exactly two weeks and then they were suddenly like oh no no this is bigotry and they did the same thing with glenn youngkin they those uh you know van jones and people are sort of having this come to jesus moment on cnn late at night after glenn youngkin wins a blue state and then within the week it was the the explanation for youngkin's win was bigotry yeah van jones is one of the only guys who's actually going to think about it yeah like he's not dumb i mean most of them are really stupid i love the federalist's uh slogan consider the possibility we're led by idiots and the reality is like i'm kind of sick of calling these people crazy mm. like they're not really crazy they're just really stupid mm-hmm. like they're mind-numbingly dumb they've never been challenged they've never been pushed back on it's mommy nodded to a little baby trudeau in the, in the cradle and was like yes yeah, people don't like you're nazis uh baby cinnamon latte baby cinnamon latte exactly <laughs> it's he's a tall cinnamon latte this this is the global governance aspect it's just you can't write off your enemy. You have to understand your enemy. You have to know your enemy. I mean, this is basic Sun Tzu. This is basic Rage Against the Machine. This is basic Marx. I mean, understand who your opponents are. And I don't feel, I don't feel like a lot of the global, a lot of the folks who are really pushing this stuff in the United States, in Europe, in Canada, uh, really have any understanding of the opposition. I mean, they, they must not because they would couch the, they would couch their mission differently and, and mm-hmm. use different terms to describe it if they thought the opposition was anything other than just like the fearsome rise of Nazis the right who by the way like well nationalists also had some global ambitions themselves the, uh, <laughs> like maybe these guys some minor ones <laughs> the, uh, maybe the, uh, Mexico and then <laughs> they too are interested in invading Russia just kidding in the winter okay that was too far of a joke no Nazi jokes the uh, oh. but they really should get a better understanding, I think, of what's going on. And that, you know, that's one thing that Trump brought to the table that a lot of folks before him had been talking about from uh, Santorum. Others, like, hold on a second. What are the American people wanting here? What are they asking for? What are they clamoring for? What gets them going? Sure, they're, like, totally interested in watching a WWE debate, political debate. But at the same time, they're worried about the jobs. They're worried about the economy. They're worried about the trade packs. They're wondering... They're wondering what's going to go on. Why are we getting into another war? Like these are the things that he was, and he was actually listening to them and understanding them, whereas a lot of the other press and other politicians were just lecturing them, calling them bigots, telling them they don't understand what the heck is going on. And then you have all these incredibly stupid CNN reporters, like who just read about NATO yesterday, lecturing everyone about its importance. It's just, I feel like they, while 
we are witnessing some incredibly overt and overarching attacks on our liberties. These emergency acts, these seizings of funds, the showing that, I mean, Trump Tower and the executive office of the president were hacked or, or, or were compromised by their own CTO working for the Hillary Clinton campaign and then the Biden campaign, funny mm-hmm. enough. The, I'm wondering if this is just so out in the open because they're so stupid and they just don't understand it. And if it's a sign of how dark it's gotten or if it's a sign that Maybe they're losing. I like that you brought that example up because I think it speaks to exactly what we're talking about with Trudeau dismissing the trucker convoys and it's their supporters, not just the truckers themselves, but their supporters as Nazis. It's similar in that I think it just speaks to the hubris. Like they actually really think that they can middle manage their way to global harmony and rake in crazy profits in the process. Um, Everybody makes money. Oh yeah, everyone gets rich in this scheme. Except for the poor. Right, except for the poor. Um, But they think they know best like they just really think they have the prescription for every they they think they have um gone through they have higher educated themselves into knowing the prescription for every sort of cultural malady or political malady and and that's what um i I was thinking when you were talking there's been a lot of talk about uh sort of putin's ultimate goal recently and it's interesting because there's this extent to which putin's nationalism is it feels like really old to some people um but it's actually (laughs) It's a modern idea. It is, right? Like Putin wanting to have, having this like nationalist imperialist thing where he's like not trying to, um, you know, be like, he's not trying to be like really well respected at the UN, right? <laughs> like that's not his goal. His goal is to This like, is so embarrassing, but it's kind empire. of refreshing to see. No. I wish <laughs> I, I super wish that America had the the uh, the attitude toward the United Nations that Putin has. Yeah. Like super the, wish that. No. I, I said yeah, but I was saying uh, but no, that, like that's an interesting point because it sort of explains why he rankles the elite class that wants to have this like global leadership structure that of course is entirely um, closed off to the concerns of the unwashed masses because the unwashed masses cannot possibly know what's good for them. Like they know what's good for them. And their pitch is such bullshit because they don't. The children. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, Because they don't actually, as you were saying about Trudeau, like it's they're, they're they fundamentally don't even understand the, the real problems that people who are complaining have. They have dismissed all of them as bigotry. Thus, they have shielded themselves from the truth and from learning the truth because of this arrogance. And it's weird because they, they do go after certain aspects like they, they think that they understand it so you get this thing like Kamala Harris I'm gonna go solve the root problems of immigration <laughs> yes, yes. I'm gonna go down there and find out you know she goes to Guatemala and said your problem is racism against black people and the Guatemalans <laughs> are looking around them like what? what are you talking about yeah <laughs> you need to be better to LGBTQ otherwise people will keep on immigrating from Guatemala Guatemala's like, I don't really think you actually understand the issues that are affecting <laughs> us you're just just projecting these random things so sometimes they try, but it, it never really seems to come to exactly where it is, except for like 2012 Bernie Sanders, or 2016 Bernie Sanders, hmm. who tapped into, I mean, I was at one of his rallies in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, beautiful town, and uh, he was just 
raging and he, his voice was crying and he, people were getting mad, angry and they were yelling and they were getting loud about the, the suspending and not enough spending and not enough social programs and the Democrats being weak. It was like when he was angry, Bernie. And then he got to, he ratcheted up the biggest, loudest cheer was when he said Hillary Clinton and the wars in Iraq mm. and the whole place, young and old, just erupted. Oh, that's like, interesting. It was wild. Like that's how he closed with, and this was back when Bernie, like, didn't talk about the woke race stuff. He just talked about the class issues. Yeah. He was uh, tapping into exactly that thing that the modern left really just doesn't want to talk about. We're just clinging to our guns and our Bibles and our flag, and we don't understand. We don't have, we're just bigots. Bernie was like, you guys are out of work factory workers. That's what you are. And I, I, the analysis is like really common knowledge, and everyone understands it a little bit better. But I remember going around there when I was at the Daily Caller with Tucker and talking to person after person after person in Iowa, New Hampshire, who were in between either Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders. Those were the two candidates. I'm not sure which one I'm going to vote for. To the point that when a cab driver said he was in between Donald Trump and Rubio, they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> those are completely different candidates. That doesn't make sense at all. Because if you get to realize that Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump weren't completely different candidates, they were both speaking to the same people and were really the only people running in that election who were addressing the actual problems facing the Americans and seemed to have any kind of understanding of them. Right, but... Again, it's all bigotry, right? This is what you're forgetting, that it's it's predicated on white rage. Didn't they call Bernie Sanders a bigot? I'm sure that they have. I think, yeah, they beat him in 2016 for like not talking about yeah. what race issues. And he was like, I don't care about race. I care about class, I think. Well, yes. And while Hillary Clinton was doing like despots on Broad City with jokes about inappropriate things um, that I can't even say, uh, Bernie Sanders, they were they were clinging to the, or they were trying to peddle this really desperate line that because Bernie Sanders hadn't reined in the so-called Bernie bros on Twitter, he was enabling sexism like this was their attack on bernie sanders that he was enabling sexism because he had a twitter army that had some desperate um young men in it i mean did you just see the black lives matter activists who shot the jewish democratic congressman or yeah. congressional candidate who the violence is being blamed in an op-ed on trump that just was not in the news by the way like I, you have to like scrape through the bottom of the news barrel to find out that even happened i, I mean, somebody said it to me like a las vegas Sun or something editorial, yeah. which made me read it. And I'm just thinking, no, I mean, not all murder. Maybe this guy was deranged. Maybe he had nothing to do with politics. Maybe he was just a lunatic. Maybe it was a personal beef. Who knows? But like the have, congressional baseball practice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. No one wants to talk about that. Yep. The burning bro who opened fire. But um, the there's just no interest in the media in understanding of really anyone or anything. Because they know. They're not interested because they are convinced that they know. <laughs> I mean, I think every, we've talked about this before, and I think everyone's experienced it in their life, which is like throughout your life, people around you, you're always wondering like, how does that guy have a job? He's such an idiot. Mm -hmm. And then you get, you get promoted and you're like, how does my boss have a job? How does my manager have a job? He's kind of an idiot. And it's not everyone. Like sometimes- Are you hoping that Ben doesn't listen to this podcast? No, no. It's because Ben, Ben knows exactly what I'm talking about when you- it's not, it's not any different in politics and in media where like you start off with like a bunch of reporters and like some of the people around you are like, oh, that's not, that's not a very smart person. You, the higher you get, that doesn't change at oh, all. Yeah. Like actually kind of maybe goes up. Like the number of people who are television anchors or who are talking heads who just have vapid to non-existent to completely wrong understandings of everything around them. And like, don't even ask questions about it is, is shocking. And I, 
that's just a major problem in our media. Oh yeah. The, the amount of people who fail and then get boosted upwards. It's like, I just saw TJ Ducklow. Remember, he used to be Biden's comms guy in the White House. Um, he wasn't disclosing his relationship with another reporter. He's doing like advanced communications for one of the uh, Supreme Court potential nominees. I just saw that today. And it's like, it's, this is amazing. Like you can screw up your job so badly. And then still like in, in a lot of industries, you would be laughed out of town. You know, it would just be like, you're an incompetent. You embarrassed your principal. We're not going to take a chance and hire you. But in DC, it's, it's that's just fine. Everyone just takes care of everyone. So it's even worse in DC, I think, than probably a lot of other places. Way worse, way worse. But they, again, like this gets to your point, like they're, they're fundamentally convinced that they have the answers. And and that's how you get Justin Trudeau face to face with a a Jewish uh, member of parliament who is just confronting him on what he said. Did, did you see the clip that I went around? I need to find out the story of this woman, by the way, because I, I just right. read it was a gay Jewish conservative, yes. like pro blue collar. I'm like. I'm interested in like, having a beer with this person and learning more about them. I'm yes. Not... <laughs> well, but like they're, they're running around with this banned books week. Well, they're the ones that like won't. And by the way, putting out like explicit pornographic books. Um, Who? Just, oh, I've just lost track. Pub- oh, yeah. Sorry. I was jumping around. <laughs> so like public schools. I think this was in Fairfax County. Wait, so not far from here. Canada. Well, we were. But here's where I'm connecting this. They um, they're putting out these banned books that are like just leftist books basically and saying like here's something that your parents don't want you to read this was in fairfax county um but it, they had a sign on a table with these books on it that said books people don't want you to read it's like great put the abigail schreier book in there like i dare you you know put yeah. put the abigail schreier book in there see what happens because mm-hmm. that's a book you people don't want anybody to read and there's just this like th- this disconnect between reality like they can't even so to your to your point like abigail schreier is not a, a like fire-breathing conservative but they won't even joe rogan another great example well, they, off, they obfuscate the truth continuously on this stuff and i know this is kind of like this is a, a meandering podcast it's mainly just gripes about the left but, but I think, they outright <laughs> lie it's not even the left it's the sort of center right like, and the libertarians yeah the uh i mean they have this thing it's like the right wing wants to ban books I'm like well that was an incestuous pornography book that you were trying to give to a third grader yes. and it's like by the way you, ban- you tried to ban dr seuss what are you talking about in american classics <laughs> What are you talking about? Like this is this is different, and and people they're trying to treat all book bans as the same. When in reality, like it's not a book ban; it's just children in a public library should have access to incestuous pornography. Mm-hmm. That's a weird illustrated. That's a very strange thing. It's not even like a classic book that's got some weird scene in it. It's a bold the, statement, uh, Chris. The uh, no pornography for public school children. None. A none. Can you believe it? Mm. I, I mean, I would ban it outright if I could. The um, and then this, we're doing the same thing with the trucker protest. You have these guys and the libertarians or the left saying, how could you possibly be against Black Lives Matter with their burning and their murdering and their looting and their rampaging and their shooting of police? But before, these truckers who are blockading roads against the law and stifling commerce. I'm like, easily. Easily. Yeah. One is representing evil and wrong, wrong and communism and anti-Christian and anti-family and anti-American values. Another one says that they should be able to work without global governance putting an injection in their arm. Like, don't you understand that there's a difference here between these two sides? It's the same thing you say, how could you be pro-life but like, for the death penalty? I'm like, well, one is a murdering rapist and one's a baby. Like, did you understand the difference here? Like, <laughs> they just, there's like the nuance is lost. And they always think, they always think, you know, they have these hot takes from, you know, friends of mine, like just come out and say, 
oh, I bet they never thought about this. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to confound them with this hot take. I'm like, that's a really stupid take. That's really, <laughs> that's crazy. Come on. Well, and there's a certain extent to which being, well, I don't, there's no need to really pick on the libertarians in this case, because I think what we're talking about, and I, I know like it feel maybe it feels meandering and it feels like gripes against the left, but I think it's a very specific thing. An airing of grievances. <laughs> yeah. As we do that around Christmas every year and we're long past Christmas at this point, <laughs> but the Christmas spirit lives on, um, into spring, but the point is, like, I actually think this is a very specific grievance for a very specific class of people. Like we could talk about the, the cultural left, the populist left. We could talk about the establishment Republicans. But what we're actually talking about is the elite center left um, that is uh, atop a lot of Western governments and that thinks generally in one way. But the most important way they think the same is in this extent to the extent that they think they can sort of manage us into global harmony. Um, and they think that based on an arrogance and they think that based on capitalist science that is completely disconnected from the truth. And you can talk about that in terms of climate. You can talk about that in terms of sex and gender. You can talk about that in terms of COVID. They had completely mistaken notions about all those things and were not um, held accountable for any of that and they seem to not be held accountable for that at all but they that i think the olympics were in china the olympics were in china (laughs) and nbc made money off of it and all of these corporate sponsors made money off of it but they also claim to have the moral high ground on human rights and free speech like it's truly unbelievable but this is the thing that unites a lot of very powerful people around the world who are working together explicitly out in the open with something called the great reset which makes me sound like alex jones when we're talking about it but they are talking by the way alex jones put a put a quarter in the jar for every time he was right you'd have a lot of money by now (laughs) no but seriously but so that's why she had some missed he did have some misses. A, a few. <laughs> but, but the man, I mean, he's got the footage. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's what, to, that's to your point. I do think this is even more specific than just gripes against the left. It is gripes against the the elites, um, which which happen to be the left. The decadent elites. The decadent elites. The decadent global elites. Yeah. And that's nasty, kind of a- nasty, they're nasty, nasty people. <laughs> nasty people. They're nasty people. <laughs> oh, Christopher Bedford, how long have we gone for here? To- oh, yeah, you have to go to a meeting. I have to be across town in eight minutes. You can do it. I have faith. Uh, I'm going to walk slowly. Christopher Bedford, senior editor <laughs> at The Federalist. Thank you, as always. Thank you. You've been listening to another uh, meandering and impassioned edition of The Federalist Radio Hour. I'm Emily Jashinsky, culture editor here at The Federalist. We will be back soon with more. Until then, be lovers of freedom and anxious for the fray. I heard the faint voice of reason 